Hey, hey, what's up? This is Brett D, and you have just found the Boat Ramp Podcast, brought to you by D3 Fishing. Like I said, I am Brett D. I will be your host, and uh, hey, just thanks for uh, checking out the podcast and hanging out with me for a bit. So, so what's with this new, um, I don't know, this new fishing podcast? What can you uh, expect from this and from me and all this good stuff. Well, hey, this is going to be a little bit different of a show in a way. Uh, and then here's what we're going to be talking about over the course of however long it goes. But we're going to talk about bass fishing, obviously. That's uh, the main thing. But uh, we're also going to do some music in here, some music that I enjoy, some metal. I'm going to mix that in for you. So uh, if you're heading to the lake one early morning for a tournament or you're heading to work, whatever, Mix in some some music to get your day going. Uh, we're also going to going to talk about some uh, gear, tackle, tech within bass fishing. We'll talk about what's going on in the fishing industry, all that good stuff. Some other things that I'm excited about doing: uh, angler development. You know, like how do we become better as anglers on and off the water? Uh, so, in different episodes that come out, we'll be talking about some things like that. I'm talking about news uh, about the. All the tour circuits that are going on, uh, BASS, FLW, and MLF, all the stuff coming out of there. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, whatever else I and we want to talk about. We'll definitely have some uh, some guests on in the future, so I'll uh, be looking forward to that. So uh, you have found the Boat Wrap podcast, and I thank you for hanging out with me. So uh, what we're going to be talking about today, um, I would think um, the things that I learned from 2019. I know it's already February already, but uh, I've been wanting to kind of recap the things that um, I learned uh, last year. Uh, last year I had, um, did kind of my first full year of kind of club tournament fishing. I did uh, two clubs, participated and competed in two clubs, and I learned quite a bit. So we'll talk about um, a little bit of, of the things that I learned along the way and then maybe i could pass that on to you uh also we're gonna talk about some late winter and some pre-spawn fishing so it's uh starting to warm up a little bit here in the south um so you know the fish are gonna start thinking about spawning pretty soon i know down in florida they're probably already doing that but here in uh the tennessee area i think they're still just thinking about it uh, talk about a little industry news a little bit later on, and also we'll talk a little bit about the Bassmaster Classic that's coming up here March 6th through the 9th, if I'm not mistaken, down on Gunnersville Lake. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, like I said, um, this show is going to be uh, you know a little bit different. Um, I'm going to obviously mix in that uh, fishing with some music and all that good stuff. So um, before we get... Um, you know, any further in this podcast, if you will, take a, a little break for the, the very first Boat Ramp podcast. So uh, I'm going to start this off is a, a song that uh, is like my theme song. So when I make it to the bigger the bigger leagues of competitive bass fishing, this will be um, this will be my theme song walking out with that's on BASS or FLW, whatever that is one day. But this is it. This is a kill switch engage. This fire.
That was Kill Switch Engage, his fire off As Daylight Dies album from way back when. Uh, I love that song. Anyway, welcome back to the Boat Ramp Podcast. I am your host, Brett D. And uh, we're just going to get straight into it. So uh, what did I learn um, last year fishing two clubs? And um, what techniques did I build confidence in? Um, So let's get right to it, right? My favorite thing and the most confidence I built last year was flipping. And let me tell you, I love the the flipping bite. I don't know what is it what it is about that little uh little tick tick or that little donk donk, whatever it is. It just it's just something that just gets me going, right? So um big confidence last year. Uh I picked up my flipping confidence, I guess you could say, on Gunnersville Lake, uh flipping the, the grass and the pads and uh I caught, you know, several big fish to me. I mean there weren't like seven eight pounders but you know three four five pounders uh for the first time because i've only been fishing let's say uh competitively for a, a few years been fishing all my life but you know i would throw little little crankbaits i didn't i didn't know like all these techniques that i know now like flipping and frogging and uh, what's a texas rig and a fluke and a whopper popper and all this stuff. i didn't know that way back then that most of that stuff like a whopper popper didn't exist back in the day um but um Yep, flipping is my number one technique that I built confidence in last year. And a close second uh, is frogging. Like, I can go back and forth between flipping and frogging. It just depends on, uh, I guess, the day. But uh, those two um, techniques, if you will, uh, are probably my favorite. And I did a lot of... I guess I did a lot of learning last year on Gunnersville just because the the frog bite there is usually uh unreal. Like it's it's so exciting to wait for that blow up to happen, not knowing when it's gonna happen. You could you can go all day and you might not get one until like right at, you know, sunset or early in the morning. But when you when you do get that blow up, it's um it's one of the best feelings. Uh, that you can have bass fishing. So, um, again, flipping and frogging, I built a lot of confidence uh, last year doing that, and I look forward to doing it the, the rest of my life. Uh, so, looking to get back down to Gunnersville and finding other lakes this year uh, that have the grass and the, the mats and all the hydrilla, all that good stuff. So, uh, you know, if you know of any other lakes that I should check out for that kind of stuff besides Florida I know Florida's got it Okeechobee Kissimmee uh you know the St. John's River I know all that stuff has it but um if you know of any other lakes that um you know might have the same type of cover structure whatever let me know hit me up on uh, the Instagrams uh send me a message uh and let me know uh where I should be fishing so uh that Instagram is d3fishing also on Facebook just thought I would uh, throw that out there so there's uh, a few others that I uh, I built some confidence in, and that's the Texas rig, right? I, I knew kind of about it as a younger guy, but I never really threw it. Um, but it was on Lake Cumberland early last year. I believe it was April or May. Uh, and um, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos from various anglers and professional uh, bass fishermen on this uh, Texas rig type of, type of deal you know you just basically text pose a, your hook in there where it's kind of pretty much weedless and you just kind of pitch it around cover and stuff like that so i made it a thing uh to practice that 
a lot. So uh, my favorite bait to throw a Texas rig on, well, at least last year, that got me, uh, that allowed me to place in some of the tournaments was uh, the Missile Baits Crawfather. Uh, that little bait really solidified the Texas rig for me because uh, of its action and for the fact that it does catch fish. So big shout out to, um, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Missile Baits for um, the Crawfather. Love that thing. Also, uh, what else did I throw? Uh, you know, when I'm flipping is obviously a D-bomb, right? That's another missile bait. So shout out to, again, John Cruz uh, and team there for that. Uh, I called uh, my biggest fish, I would say my PB. Uh, maybe it's not my PB. Maybe it's my second one last year. Uh, it was on uh, none other than Normandy Lake. And if anybody's fished Normandy, it's not, you know, that's not a big lake in it's not known for, uh, I guess, big fish, and I've always, you know, like caught little one-two pound, little, you know, little dink fish um, that live in there. But I had a D bomb that I rolled up on a fresh laydown, a tree that had fallen in the water, and I don't, I don't know where I was headed. I hadn't fished um, Normandy in a long time, and uh, I saw a, you know, a fresh tree in the water. I mean, the, the leaves were still green on it. That's how fresh it was. So uh, I, I rolled up on it, you know, I put the, the, the Minn Kota down and, um, you know, I got in behind this tree that was laying down and I didn't think nothing of it. I actually threw in behind it and not thinking, I thought it was a horrible, you know, pitch or flip or whatever. And uh, as soon as I started, um, you know, I pulled up on it maybe once or twice and on that second pull up, I mean, I felt a big, you know, tick, tick, donk, donk, whatever you, however you describe your, your, uh, your bites. And I set that hook and out came a, a four, I'm conservatively a four and a half pounder. He was pushing five, but uh, a four and a half pound fish on Normandy to me has, has been unheard of. Uh, I'm sure there is. I'm sure people have caught four or five pounds, but for me, I've never heard or seen anybody catch that big of a bass on Normandy. So I was, needless to say, pretty stoked when I caught that guy because I knew that was going to put me in some type of money, right? Some kind of placement. And I didn't win with that fish or anything, but I did get big bass for uh, that tournament, which was uh, pretty awesome to me, especially being semi-new to the um, competitive side of bass fishing to get big fish at least in one tournament uh, was huge for me. So uh, another bait that uh, I love to throw, and it might even be the number three, but um, would be the fluke. Um, I have so much fun throwing a weightless fluke. Uh, it's it's just it's just crazy, right? Uh, I like to to fish flukes around bridge pylons and obviously in open water when they're schooling. But uh, that fluke bite is just so cool. I mean, you don't really. I mean, personally, I've never. I don't really ever feel the hit. It just kind of loads up. Um, but it's a great way to catch them around like isolated structure, like. Uh, bridge pilings, pillars, that type of thing. So really love the fluke, uh, and I look forward to throwing that um, a whole lot more this year, trying to perfect that uh, and just catch more fish on it. Uh, I would say the last um, uh, technique or bait that I built confidence in, uh, again, for I guess it's year two with this bait, but it's the whopper plopper, right? Uh, I love topwater fishing. I just love the thrill of the blow-up, and uh, the whopper plopper is a uh, very cool bait. It works. It, it definitely does. I know that there's a lot of people out there that don't like it, think it's gimmicky, but uh, I've caught some, I've caught fish on it, uh, and nice fish at that. Uh, it's just cool when they, they come up uh, 
and just blow up on it. Kind of like frog fishing. Uh, it, it, it does allow you to cover uh, a lot of water. When you're trying to find fish on a body of water you might not be familiar with. Um, and I only really throw a whopper plopper uh, down the banks. I don't usually throw it in open water. I haven't found it to to be very effective in open water. But if I'm, uh, you know, going down the bank, I'll cover a lot of water with a whopper plopper to see uh, if anybody's home, if you will. But uh, pretty cool bite uh, when it happens and uh, a good search bait uh, for sure. So uh, some other things that I learned from um, 2019 again as my first like full year of fishing and, and clubs and you know just trying to perfect not perfect but to uh, sharpen my uh, skills as a bass fisherman is like preparation that would be the other thing that I learned like and I'm still like trying to figure out how to prepare for each tournament to be efficient um, and uh, and it just make when you prepare to, you know, in advance for a tournament, uh, it just makes things a whole lot um, easier, more enjoyable versus like the night before. Uh, I have ex- have experience with both, like preparing like a week in advance and get everything together, um, make sure the the boat's gassed up, oils in the in the motor, get on my tackle prep for that certain leg, whatever. And then I've had times where I have um, procrastinated and try to get everything together the night before and it takes forever i don't know why it takes me forever uh i just feel like i gotta have everything uh ready to go uh from packing the truck to packing the boat to getting all my food together the ice you know all that stuff uh so i've definitely learned to try to prepare more in advance than the night before because it's stressful if you uh prepare the night before i'm just going to tell you so with preparation um i also uh learned a lot about organization and over the years i've become very like ocd about things being in their place right now i'm not perfect by any means like uh my house can sometimes uh, be a wreck because i do have uh a one-year-old or at least almost a one-year-old uh and you know Sometimes I just get a little lazy and, you know, I don't put things away like this shit. But when it comes to, like, organizing my tackle and the boat and the truck, like, like I want it to be, like, almost perfect. I don't know about any of you out there, but uh, it's um, it's uh, it's a, um, I don't know, it has to, it just has to be done, right? Uh, so I can jump in the truck and just roll out, not worrying about if I've forgotten anything. Uh, to give me peace of mind and definitely, you know, help me to build my confidence. Um, just not fishing, but the the organization and preparation kind of goes into be being a an angler, right? So we talked to, at the top of the show about you know angler development. I think preparation and organization goes into that. If you know what I mean, like so finding a cadence of preparation time. It'd be three days before your tournament or uh, the day you're going to go fish in uh, or even longer. I think I need to prepare the week like a week before the actual tournament uh, each night, take an hour or two and just, you know, make sure that I have uh, the things together that I need. Make sure all the clothes are washed, the jerseys clean, ready to go. Check the weather to make sure if it's going to rain or not. So there's there's just a lot of elements to um to bass fishing especially you know competitively there's so much uh 
that goes into it. There's there's a an amount of stress, especially when you have to have co-anglers and stuff. Uh, don't get me wrong, I've been on the co-angler side, but it's just another element that you have to uh, to worry about. And uh, we'll talk about co-angling and all that stuff in, in another episode down the road. But um, definitely learned a lot about myself when it comes to preparation and organization and definitely trying to uh, to get better uh, at that for sure. So if you have any ideas uh, on what, you know, on how to better prepare and organize tackle and, uh, you know, your gear, whether that be in your boat or your truck, I'd love to, to know about it. Again, you can always hit me up on the Facebook page, which is D3 Fishing and also Instagram is at D3 Fishing as well. Uh, just to kind of wrap up the 2019 um, year for me, I did have uh, I had like three favorite lakes that uh, I enjoyed going to last year. Uh, again, I love fishing no matter where it's at, whether that be in a pond or a creek, a big lake or reservoir, whatever. But uh, the lakes that I found the most enjoyable uh, were, number one, Gunnersville for me. Uh, I haven't found a lake to top that just yet, but I'm sure in my journeys over the next uh, several years I might. But uh, Gunnersville is my my number one lake and is one of the furthest away from me, a couple hours from where I live, but uh, love Gunnersville. Number two last year uh, was Lake Cumberland, all the way up in Kentucky. I never fished that. Uh, beautiful lake. Uh, I had a good time on that, and that's where I did uh, pretty good with, like, the Texas rig. Uh, the water was up, and I was able to fish some flooded, flooded bushes with that crawfather by Missile Bates, and uh, I really, uh, really built confidence on Lake Cumberland with the Texas rig, for sure. And last but not least, uh, Chickamauga would come in at number three. Uh, for me, um, I'm still trying to figure that lake out, um, but I did have uh, fun on that it's down in Chattanooga, and uh, just a really cool lake to fish. And definitely, there's big fish in that lake, and hopefully, just hopefully, uh, I'll catch uh, a nice bag at some point this year because there's definitely some uh, some tournaments that I'm going to be fishing down there. So I'm pretty excited about that. But uh, that kind of wraps it up for the 2019. Uh, in in review for me uh so we're gonna take a break right here i got another song for you this is uh from a band that i've really grown uh to like over the last uh couple of albums this band is called i prevail and the song i have for you is uh it's a pretty heavy song it's called bow down it's off their uh, uh album trauma if you haven't checked that out uh, that um that album's pretty banging uh, so i look forward to seeing them concert at some point uh if they come i think they came to bridgestone not too long ago, but uh, I think I missed them. I don't know why, but I should have went and saw them. But this is um, this is gonna this is gonna be a pretty cool song. I, I dig this song a lot. So uh, this is uh, I prevail. I'm gonna bow down. Take a listen.
right, that was I Prevail with Bow Down here on the Bo Ramp podcast. So uh, thanks again for hanging out with me and uh, taking uh, a little time out and uh, checking out the podcast. So, uh, yeah, this is definitely the first one that we've put out or I've put out. So uh, definitely looking to do cool things with it. Uh, We're definitely mixing in the metal, the hard rock, all that good stuff uh, with the bass fishing. So that's what's going to make one of the things that's going to make this podcast a little bit different is not only we're going to do, you know, talk about bass fishing, all that good stuff. We're also going to listen to some, uh, some awesome, uh, some music, some good hard rock and metal. That's how, that's what I like. That's what we're going to listen to. Anyway, so uh, let's get some to some industry news. How about it? Uh, looks like, uh, Daniel Fennell got promoted to the, uh, FLW Pro Circuit. He's overseeing that, which is really cool. Um, I know my first year as a co-angler on uh, the BFLs, he was um, the tournament director for the Music City uh, division. And super cool guy. Like, right, you know, he he uh, helps out with, like, the, at the time, the FLW tour and doing the weigh-ins and stuff like that. But he was also doing the BFLs, uh, tournament directing the Music City. And super cool guy. He was always down to earth. Uh, and uh, I just really think highly of him. So he's got promoted to uh, oversee and tournament be the tournament director for the FLW Pro Circuit, but he's also uh, still overseeing the Music City and the LBL, BFL regions uh, as tournament director. So really cool. Uh, also thought, uh, came across some news. Uh, I don't know if you guys know Eric Jackson of Jackson Kayaks. It looks like he's going to uh, uh, make a different kind of kayak or come out with something uh, that's like faster quieter maybe a little bit lighter i think he's going to be making them out of carbon fiber hmm, that's interesting i think he, i think the, the company's called apex watercraft if i'm not mistaken but a carbon fiber kayak sounds uh pretty cool if you ask me i uh i look forward to uh seeing what that uh looks like i think they might be out in spring from from what i understand but uh I'm a big Hobie guy. Even though I don't have a Hobie Pro Angler, hopefully um, I'll be able to acquire one of those at some point uh, in the near future. But uh, I um, I look forward to seeing what these fiber carbon fiber uh, kayaks look like and um, maybe try out one. Uh, also, what else is going on? It looks like uh, Tackle Warehouse uh, is the title sponsor for the FLW Pro Circuit. I know that's a little bit of old news, but um, I found it to be kind of cool. They're finally uh, getting more... Uh, mainstream with it and some more exposure in the fishing world if you will and looks like um also uh the costa has got uh replaced by toyota uh and on the flw mlf side so the toyota series is a thing now and uh also phoenix boats is uh the title sponsor for the bfl so the bash fishing league so a lot of changes over there on the flw and uh Major League Fishing side, and they merged back at the first of the year, I believe, or the end of 2019, first of 2020. Uh, so now we kind of have two uh, circuits, I guess you could say. Uh, so I guess that's good for the sport. Uh, but um, I don't get into that. I, I just like fishing. I don't really prefer one over the other. I can do a five bass limit, or I can go catch as many fish as I can. As long as I'm fishing, I'm I'm happy about it, and I'll watch uh, both sides. Uh, a lot of a lot of great anglers, a lot of uh, cool people on uh, all, well, it's not three, but both circuits, BASS and MLF slash FLW. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing what this year is going to uh, bring. It looks like uh, uh, Mr. Uh, John Cox won 
on Sam Rayburn uh, not too long ago. It's like at the end of January. That's pretty cool. And I think he's I think he's the only maybe one or two people, three people that is doing both circuits like BASS and uh, MLF or may or no, just the the pro circuit. Sorry, that's right, pro circuit. Uh, those guys have to win through to try to get on MLF. Uh, at the end of the year, qualify for that. So, yeah, I think uh, John Cox is going to do BASS and the Pro Circuit, uh, which is uh, sponsored by Tackle Warehouse. Good for Tackle Warehouse. I'm glad they finally uh, got their name out there as far as, like, title sponsoring things. And I know they've been around. Everybody knows what Tackle Warehouse. But for them to be the the main sponsor is pretty cool. It looks like uh, Abu Garcia is um, sponsoring the college fishing side of things. That's cool. Very cool. That's some some news for you in the industry. I know that there's stuff that I'm missing. There's probably so much going on that I don't know about. And you're like, well, what about this? Did you hear about that? No, probably did, but uh, it didn't make it on this podcast. Uh, but uh, I know that, uh, um, you know, uh, Forrest Wood passed away. Uh, some other people that are known in the bass, in- bass fishing industry or fishing industry have lost some, some good ones, but... Um, yeah, that's um, that's um, all I got for now as far as the industry news. I'll have to do a little more digging for the next podcast. But those are some of the things that uh, that I came across. Oh, there uh, looks like uh, Asian carp have been uh, reported in Chickamauga. Now that sucks. I know they're all in Kentucky Lake, but I didn't think they would make it all the way down to Chickamauga. So uh, hopefully, they can get ahead of that and get those those nasty things out of there before they. Uh, take over like in Kentucky Lake but uh I don't know if that was industry news but it is fishing related so there you go so let's get into um some of that uh late winter pre-spawn fishing like let's talk about techniques just just a real quick kind of rundown like uh what what to fish so like if you were going out on the lake right about now February March uh it's still going to be a little especially in the south it's still going to be a little bit cold Depending, like some, I have seen it this year already be like 60, 70 degrees on a couple of days, and then it's like 22 the next. So Tennessee definitely has some weird weather. But um, so if I were going out right now, what techniques would I, uh, or what baits would I throw? I think uh, probably the first thing I would go to would be crankbaits. And I probably would throw... Um, Probably some DTs, like a DT6, DT10. Probably wouldn't go any deeper than that. Probably within that 6 to 10, 12-foot range at the most. Probably a DT6. Uh, I'd probably throw that around. Probably cover a lot of water to try to find a, a little group of fish or something like that. Um, I think the next thing I would probably go to is a lipless uh, and throw that around, especially if I can find them kind of, you know, bunched up, schooled up, throwing that um, that lipless in and around them, try to get them to react. Because they're going to be pretty slow right now still. Even though they're still, you know, feeding, they're not going to try to, you know, exert a lot of energy to um, to, to to feed. They want it nice and easy, kind of just floating by their face in a way. Uh, you might get some reactor strikes, but for the most part, they're still going to be a little lethargic. Um, I think uh, I would also throw a shad wrap. The shad wraps are pretty killer this time of year. Just kind of slow rolling it down the bank. Um, you could probably catch some good fish right about now on a shad wrap. Uh, as far as colors and stuff go, I think uh, like the browns and the reds probably do pretty good. Probably right now, brown color would uh, be pretty key 
And then as we get more into the, you know, pre-spawn, up into the spawn, then that red color uh, would probably be pretty fire. Some other things I'd probably throw um, around this time would probably be a jig. Obviously, jigs are good um, year-round. Probably would try to find um, some humps and, you know, probably 12 to 20 feet of water and sit there uh, or on top of that. Um, I don't know, maybe fo- like a football jig. I don't know. I wouldn't be doing too much flipping unless it was grass or something like that, but probably um, a football jig, something like that, just dragging on the bottom. Uh, on round, on and around rock, um, you know, isolated cover, that type of thing, uh, off points, all that good stuff. I think also if I were going to be fishing, um, I'd probably throw jerk baits. Um, jerk baits are pretty good in cold water. Uh, I'm pretty, I'm a big fan of the, the, the rip stop by, uh, Rapala. Is that how you say it? Rapala or Rapala? That's up for debate. I think there's a video somewhere about how to say that, but from somebody that actually works there. So I think it's Rapala. 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 I don't know. Anyway, go look that up. Um, so a jerk bait, uh, probably a hard bait like a ripstop, a Vision 110, uh, a pointer. Um, just a jerk bait in general. Probably uh, suspending, maybe a slow sink. Um, that's probably what I would go to. Probably, I don't know if, Probably dive to about five to eight feet. Probably wouldn't go any deeper than that. Um, try to get some of those reaction bites from smallmouth and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I think um, that'd probably be about it. I don't know. Um, I was thinking about what I throw a drop shot. Um, probably if I found a school and I vertical fished him, I would probably throw a drop shot. But um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Would you throw a drop shot during the winter really early spring because i mean spring actually starts like in a couple weeks like officially like march early march or something or is it march 20th i don't remember but uh, spring is right around the corner but uh question is drop shot during the winter late winter early spring time frame uh let me know somehow or another on my facebook uh page d3 fishing or the instagram hit me up on that in the the messages uh do you throw a drop shot this time of year that's a good question Anyway, moving on. So, um, where is this? Da, 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 da. Let's do this. I am going to look at what's going on in the next couple of weeks. It looks like the Bassmaster Classic is at the first part of March, March 6th through the 9th. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty, pretty big tournament and because it's on my favorite lake as of right now uh i've from what i you know have read uh that uh the weights are pretty high as of right now so uh, it looks like it's going to uh be a good tournament as long as like it doesn't rain much anymore um it looks like uh probably 70 pounds could probably win it's probably like the perfect time for a, a, a big bag so I'm thinking bags are going to be around like the 20 plus if everything uh, goes right weather wise. Uh, you know, 100 pounds over it could it it could it could happen. Um, well, I guess we will see. But uh, I I just can't wait to get back down there. When I, when I hear Gunnersville, I just want to go flip grass and throw frogs and all that good stuff. But there won't be much of that. It'll probably be speed worms and 
crankbaits and chatterbaits and things like that. I don't know what they're going to catch them on down there, but I will sure be uh, keeping an ear and eye out to see how they're catching them. So that's another good, like, tip. So, <coughs> excuse me, um, if when you're learning to, you know, bass fish, like, now with the uh, the invention called the Internet that was uh, brought out years ago, um, a lot of the these results and stuff and how they caught them can be found online. So you can go back through the archives and find out how they uh, caught them and during that particular time of the year. And I really found that um, the the techniques don't really change that much from year to year if, if the conditions are similar. Um, but, yeah, if you're trying to get better at uh, bass fishing, definitely take a look at the you know the the pro side of things like FLW Bassmaster and they always have like you know the summary of the the tournaments and how they caught them and what baits they caught them on so it's a good way to you know uh, stockpile your knowledge of what to throw and when to throw and uh, when you go to certain lakes um, but uh, anyway what else is going on uh, Bassmaster what I'll get like. Uh, they're having it in Gunnersville, right? They have the Bassmaster Classic, Classic in Gunnersville, but they're doing the Expo and the weigh-in and all that stuff in Birmingham. And I feel like that's a long way away to one transport the fish, and two, like if you wanted to, like go to the Expo, why is it all the way in Birmingham? Like I figured it would be in like Huntsville or something because Huntsville is a whole lot closer, it seems. But uh, I don't know. I thought that was odd that the Expo and the weigh-in will will be in. Birmingham. I think the final day, the final weigh-in day is in um, Birmingham. But the Expo, I'll be down in Birmingham. Man, if it was in Huntsville, I'd be there. So, am I going to the Bass Master Classic? Uh, now that I know that everything's in Birmingham, probably not going to go. Uh, but uh, I would definitely be watching it and uh, on the the live feed and all that good stuff to um, you know see what happens. But um, all right, I think that's about it. For me, uh, in the first Boat Ramp podcast, so thanks for checking it out, and um, yeah, we'll see what the next uh, episode brings, but if you have any uh, any comments, suggestions, or anything like that, uh, please let me know. So, uh, thanks again. You can find me on the socials, on Instagram at D3Fishing, Facebook at D3Fishing, all the D3Fishing taglines, all that good stuff handles usernames good stuff um all right until the next podcast thanks again for hanging out with me and we will see uh, we'll, yeah we'll see you later i'll see you later um anyway there goes my outro and uh, let's let's pump it in again there we go bam um all right guys i'm out of here i'm your host brett d for the boat ramp podcast and we will catch you on the next episode later